This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, my goodness, my goodness, what a beating the Buccaneers took on Sunday in San Francisco, 35-7 to the 49ers, who have just seemingly, whenever it's been out west, had the Bucs number, save for a couple of occasions. Uh, the 49ers just always seem uh, to rough up our Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it happened again on Sunday, December the 11th, as uh, Kyle Shanahan, who is no slouch as a coach, John Lynch, our former Buccaneer, uh, draft pick and Hall of Fame player who's now the GM of the faithful, as they're known, of the 49ers. They have put together uh, some kind of organization and team, and they were ready to go rookie quarterback or not. And frankly, the Buccaneers were not ready to go, really, on either side of the ball as that first half wore on and became 14-0, 21-0, It snowballed. And Tom Brady's return to Northern California for only the second time in his career in a game uh, ends up being, and I'll use the word, it ends up being an embarrassing performance for he and for the team. You wanted to be much more competitive, and you had chances to be much more competitive in the game, but you didn't take advantage of it. And against good teams, when you don't take advantage of it, and they're rolling along again, second time, rookie quarterback or not, Kyle Shanahan's a tremendous offensive coach. And you knew they were going to have some things in place for Brock Purdy, his seventh-round pick out of uh, Iowa State. And, man, uh, again, they were on point. They were ready. Buccaneers not on point in terms of mistakes, in terms of blown assignments, missed tackles, penalties, turnovers. And that's the difference in the game against a really good team. And, look, I'm not uh, rationalizing this. That San Francisco team, now depending on if Debo Samuel is significantly hurt, he's a big part of what they do. But that San Francisco team is very much a contender uh, to win the NFC. They can hang right in with the Philadelphia Eagles because of their defense. Uh, they, uh, yes, it's a rookie quarterback. We saw the Buccaneers make the NFC championship game with a rookie quarterback. But uh, whether you're talking about the Minnesota Vikings, who looked very beatable Sunday against Detroit, whether you talk the Dallas Cowboys, who look very beatable on Sunday at home with the 18-point underdog Houston Texans, this 49er team can hang right with them. And uh, we, we shall see how it all plays out for the NFC playoffs, which hopefully the Bucks will still be part of. Uh, take consolation, Buccaneer fans. You still have a couple of win opportunities, three. I mean, the, the Bucs will say this, Todd Bowles will say this, you got four. You've got to get at least two more games. You get two more to get to eight wins. You are likely in the playoffs as the NFC South champs. Three wins out of the last four if you're able to do that. And, that, and that's where that last game with Atlanta at Atlanta is going to come in. That will get you in the playoffs. So we've got lots to talk about. In any event, I have been a little negligent. Thank you for finding me. I always thank the audience for finding me, even after a game like that yesterday. Thank you for finding me on the Nothing But Bucks podcast, wherever you have found us through the Buccaneer mobile app, Buccaneers.com, through uh, SiriusXM and the Buccaneer channel and their NFL coverage. Uh, wherever you get podcasts, just search Nothing But Bucks. We're here on the day after game. So that is typically Mondays, as it will be through the rest of the regular season here on the Monday after games. Uh, typically out by midday on Monday. Now, we are in Arizona for Christmas night. I will let you know, ho, 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 that that Monday it may be a little later getting a recap podcast. Hopefully it's a happy podcast. But I, I look forward to bringing these to you, recapping them. You're going to hear highlights from Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore. Honestly, not many of them for the Buccaneers, but you'll hear some uh, here in a few moments. You've got my insight and analysis. You've got post-game interviews. Again, not a lot after that kind of game, as you can imagine. 
uh, yesterday. So uh, anyway, we're here for you. Thank you for finding us. And we march on here with the Buccaneers now at this stage, six and seven on the season with four games remaining yet still leading the NFC South, which is the ticket to get into the postseason and get in the tournament. But some things have got to improve and have got to be better if you're even going to be able to win a playoff game if you do get in. All right. So let's get into it. As I mentioned, the West Coast has kind of haunted this team throughout its history. Now, there have been some periods where you've gone out and gotten victories. In particular, in the 2010s, you went and got victories, not only in San Francisco, but in Oakland, even in San Diego, where the Chargers were. And now, of course, the Chargers have moved to L.A. The Rams have moved back from St. Louis, back to L.A. Buccaneers were in L.A. a year ago and were beaten. Um, And the 49ers throughout their history with Joe Montana, with Steve Young, they have roughed this team up uh, in games in San Francisco. Now, that, that's not to say that Raheem Morris's 2010 Buccaneers didn't go get a 21-0 shutout. I was there for that, beating Mike Singletary and company. Josh Freeman, little touchdown pass to Donald Penn. Rondé Barber, big interception in the second half. 21-0 shutout, and I believe it is correct. The last time the San Francisco 49ers have been shut out, and they've been through some coaching changes too, by the way, from Singletary to Harbaugh to Chip Kelly, Jim Tom Sulo, remember there for one year, Chip Kelly, and now for the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan. They have not been shut out since that Buccaneers shutout in that 2010 season. How about that one? In any event, you've had some wins. The Bucs won the last time at Levi Stadium, beating Colin Kaepernick and the Chip Kelly 49ers uh, that day. So you have had some success, but I mean, the 49ers. Harbaugh's 49ers beat this team 48 to three in 2011. The next year, as Raheem Morris's team was sliding all the way out with 10 straight losses, and Raheem ended up getting fired as the head coach. Uh, San Francisco is really good at home. Uh, just ask the Saints. Just ask the Dolphins, who they'd beaten the week before. And as the backdrop for this game, as we get into the highlights, we knew full well that Brock Purdy would be in at quarterback. As I mentioned, seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft, his family in the stands. Uh, There, as you can imagine, going against Tom Brady. Uh, Brady, obviously, with so much success, had won seven previous times against a rookie quarterback in his first start. Seven for seven. Seven and oh. But Purdy was undaunted, and again, Kyle Shanahan had this team in the NFC Championship game last year, had him in the Super Bowl after the 2019 season. They worked the magic with Jimmy Garoppolo and with the skilled players that they have and that defense led by Nick Bosa, led by Fred Warner, the linebacker. Their secondary is always good. So that's the backdrop for this matchup with the 49ers. Uh, We're still trying to hold off the Seattle Seahawks right now in the NFC West to win their division and get a home playoff game. More on that in a bit. Buccaneers very much trying to hang in and win the NFC South, get the division win, get the home game. That's the backdrop. So Purdy led the opening drive, which benefited from the first play of the game. I mean, you talk about a momentum swing. It's not the whole game, but it's a huge momentum play where Keanu Neal comes off the edge on a blitz against the 49ers on the first play of the game. Brock Purdy never sees him. He blindsides him, sacks him. It's going to be an eight-yard loss, except they call roughing the passer. They call helmet-to-helmet contact, which Keanu Neal would say after the game, there wasn't much I could do. It was just in an instant, I'm on top of him trying to hit him, and it's not like I lowered my head and launched at him, but the tackle was violent enough with him lowering his own head, Purdy, the quarterback, that they throw the flag. That is a 23-yard swing of being second and 18 backed up eight yards, but instead now 
going ahead 15 yards towards midfield, and the 49ers went to work, including Purdy finding the all-pro tight end George Kittle over the middle. And then eventually Samuel, who is a former receiver only at South Carolina, but Samuel has now become a receiver running back for the 49ers, and they get him into motion here and get in the end zone. From the 14, they take the end around and give the ball to the right side. Debo Samuel, sideline to the two, one, is he in? It's a touchdown, San Francisco. They use all their weapons on the first series. It's Christian McCaffrey, George Kittles, and now Debo Samuel does his thing on an end around. Six nothing, San Francisco. So that 13-yard touchdown run was right in front of me, right down the far sideline where the Buccaneer bench was. He was able to stay in. They looked at it. They got the extra point, and the 49ers obviously jumped out with the best-case scenario at 7-0. Now, if you're the Buccaneers, you've got to regroup. Again, it's Tom Brady's return. He grew up not far. San Mateo, California, as a high school star, later went to the University of Michigan. So uh, he had a lot of friends and family there, his parents, relatives, family members. He wanted to play well, and the Bucs now trailing 7-0, moved the ball a little bit, got to the fringe of uh, a field goal range, but could not uh, get any closer than a 55-yard attempt for Ryan Suckup. And this would have been the longest of his career, and it's into the breeze as well. This was a decision where Todd Bowles tried to get points instead of pinning the 49ers with a punt. And here you go with the attempt, as Mean Gene called it. Good snap. The spot is down. The kick is airborne. And Suckup's kickoff will be way short of the mark. And the 49ers with a 7-0 lead will have great drive start position for their second of the game. Suckup has been so outstanding this season, but that one was nowhere close. Barely got in the end zone, eight or nine yards short on that attempt. Uh, here as you hear these highlights from Buccaneers Radio as we go along. So that, once again, sets the 49ers up with good field position. And this is this is the downfall. This is the pitfall of, uh, of trying that long field goal. If it doesn't work, you've set up the opposition at midfield. You could have netted 30, 40 yards if Jake Camarda can pin in San Francisco. You don't get the three points. But you could have netted a lot more, pinned them in. That's the whole idea. That was Todd Bowles' mentality, by the way, on Monday night against the Saints with pin them in, play defense, use your timeouts, get the ball back. And that time it ended up working out. In any event, this is the first quarter of the game. He wanted points. It didn't happen. And the 49ers go right back to work. Purdy with his feet, Christian McCaffrey running it. And eventually the rookie uh, gets his first rushing touchdown of his NFL career. From the two-yard line, Brock Purdy at quarterback. McCaffrey on his left hip in motion. Usek to the right, dropping to throw Purdy, dropping to throw Purdy. He's going to run with the ball, makes a guy miss. He scores a touchdown, his first rushing touchdown of his career. And the 49ers lead 13 to nothing. And we said this over and over again on Nothing But Bucks. Oftentimes, and this was the case that appeared again here, nobody has the quarterback in man-to-man coverage. Or if somebody, if they were not in man-to-man coverage, whether it was Devin White, Levante David, a safety in the middle like Logan Ryan, somebody's got to account for the quarterback, and it didn't look like anybody did. When he cut back uh, through the pocket, through the pass rush, and stepped to the right, there's not really anybody there. So Purdy's touchdown makes the game 14-0. And again, the struggles would continue. We've seen this so much from the Buccaneer defense, not just that you are from the Buccaneers as a whole. The defense gives up a score or two, but it's the offense unable to sustain a drive, unable to go get a touchdown, unable to get points in the second quarter in particular. Second quarter, third quarter, three and out, three and out, and that, and that would kind of be the case again here as, uh, as you look over the Buccaneers' 
and the different drives and what happened in this game. I mean, the 49ers had marched 67 yards on the first touchdown drive. They had marched 62 yards and scored right there at the beginning of the uh, second quarter of the game. But you look at the Buccaneer drives that are, are that are around that, and uh, those drives after the the uh, first touchdown and after the missed field goal, Buccaneers three plays, punt. After this second touchdown, it's three plays and out and punt. And that gives the 49ers the ball back, and now they're rolling. Now they're feeling it. Now they have momentum. And uh, Brock Purdy looks up top this time for Christian McCaffrey. It's third down and five. The mark to make is the 23. Dropping Purdy. Purdy dropping under pressure. Throws the ball toward the end zone. Wide open. Caught ball. Christian McCaffrey touchdown 49er. Brock Purdy is perfect in his rookie debut. It's 20 to nothing. Tremendous catch over the top of Logan Ryan for the touchdown to make the game 21-0. So the, the play was called touchdown on the field right in front of me on the Bucs sideline to the left uh, by the corner of the end zone. So then New York, all scoring plays reviewed, all turnovers and scoring plays reviewed. New York buzzed down to Brad Allen, the referee, and said, no, we believe that's incomplete. So now, so now we've got New York, and they do this throughout games where they're telling the officials, call it this way. So now... Now they're saying the ruling on the field is incomplete. Well, I saw the side judge or whomever he was right by the pylon signal touchdown on the play. So now they're saying the ruling is incomplete. Well, now we go to replay review, and on the replay review, and you probably saw some TV replays, and we could see a couple of them on the video board, McCaffrey bobbles the ball briefly but gets the right foot down and is the left foot all the way down before the heel kind of touches the sideline. I mean, we're, we're just kind of dissecting frame by frame of uh, 4K video. But McCaffrey is eventually ruled to be in. They said the call stands. Well, the original call on the field is allegedly incomplete. But I saw the referee score saw, signal touchdown with the arms up. The 49ers celebrated. So I believe, and rightfully so, the original call is touchdown McCaffrey. And so there's not enough there to overrule it. The extra point is good. It's 21-0 at that stage in front, in front for San Francisco. And you're thinking, boy, this could be a landslide. But here's the thing. The Buccaneers now have some opportunity to get back uh, in this game even after that touchdown. Now, again, another three and out where you're not able to get the first down. The 49ers cranking up the defense with Bosa and Armstead on the on the front four in the pass rush. Debo uh, or uh, D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator, has done a tremendous job. I mean, he's the latest version of their defensive uh, masterminds. Robert Sala was, was certainly highly thought of. Helped the 49ers get to a Super Bowl. He's now the head coach of the New York Jets. D'Amico Ryans may be that next guy as a coordinator off the 49ers defense. In any event, the Bucs go three and out, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times in the second quarter of the game, late first quarter or second quarter of the game. You cannot keep doing that. Trying the short receiver screens, the short passes, the run game against the stack line of scrimmage. We've just seen this movie too many times, Buccaneer fans. I've been illuminating it too much on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. However, the 49ers have the ball back. They're moving again. You're thinking, this you got to make something happen on defense. This could be a total runaway in the first half. And the Buccaneers finally did, as Mean Gene called it right here. Second and nine. And with the football, they try to run to the left. And Debo Samuel is clobbered. Did he fumble the ball? Yeah, the ball came the out. The ball came out. The Bucs are saying, we've got it. Do we have a recovered fumble for the first time in nine weeks? Not counting the bye week. It is a Buccaneer football. Debo Samuel fumbles the ball, and he's injured. It was a fumble by the offense. 
Covered by the defense, still by contact. There's the break you were looking for as Anthony Nelson caused the fumble with Debo Samuel being bent back. He hurt his knee, it looked like to us. He was grabbing his knees, unable to get up. And then uh, Levante David, who has recorded now 16 fumbles, I believe it is, in his uh, Buccaneer career, which leads. Uh, the, it's, it's uh, I believe, only second to Derek Brooks, I think I saw, where it's the most. We'll double-check on that. Um, that. Levante is just fantastic on coming up with the football. There's no doubt. Uh, and again, you feel for Samuel being injured on the play, but it's part of football. He got bent back on the tackle. He's laying on another player. He's not down. The ball is out. And the Bucs take advantage of it. And there was the momentum you needed. Only the second uh, fumble uh, recovered in the previous nine games, two of them. The other one was the game in Germany where Devin White stripped uh, Geno Smith, the quarterback of the Seahawks. This is only the third takeaway in those nine games when you're able to grab that ball. And now the Bucks finally show a little life. Late second quarter, I know you're down 21-0, but you know you're getting the ball to start the second half. If you can get in the end zone, you are back in this game with the whole second half to go. At least at that point, you're back in the game. So Tom Brady here, one of the few big play highlights is this one. Mike Evans wide to the right. Brady dropping, looking, throws a pass down the middle. It is a caught ball by Godwin at the 20-yard line. What a great grab by Chris. Boy, he climbed a ladder and caught a ball. Turned around completely to snag that thing. And a great throw by Brady right down the seam. Chris Godwin with the leaping catch to get the Buccaneers into scoring range here. And I should make mention, they had gotten a big play to Mike Evans. Obviously, the bomb for the touchdown that was called back for the holding penalty on Devin, uh, for the holding penalty on Donovan Smith in the first quarter. That was a big play that really would have given you momentum. But look, let's let's be honest. Uh, as much as we bring up the officiating and consistent officiating, and I'm going to do that in a second, that was the right call on Donovan Smith. He's got two handfuls of the of the defender's jersey who's trying to break inside of him and sack Tom Brady. And frankly, if he doesn't grab him, th that pass never happens because Tom Brady's getting smoked, getting destroyed as he tries to throw it and can barely get the ball down the field if, it, if he even got rid of it at all, if not a sack fumble. So that was a legitimate call on the hold. Well, right after this Godwin catch, the Bucks tried to move into scoring range. They got a pass to Julio Jones. They got inside the 10-yard line. But then here, uh, after a penalty, they back up. And uh, on third down, they're not able to get the ball to Godwin, and it looked like interference. It looked like the 49ers got away with bodying him downfield beyond five yards. Tom Brady was furious on that no call. And then he threw incomplete on Mike Evans, uh, in the end zone, trying you know, fourth and a yard, trying to get a touchdown instead of just the first down. He throws incomplete to Evans, and the end result is no points and 21 nothing. Uh, and and now trouble, trouble for the Buccaneers uh, in uh, in this segment of the game here, late second quarter. Because again, I, I can't overstate if you get a touchdown there with only a couple of minutes remaining, you have pep back in your step. You have life. It's 21-7. You're going to get the ball to start the second half. You've taken the crowd out of the game, at least for that point. But uh, it didn't happen. You lose the ball on downs, and then the 49ers start moving the ball down the field again uh, and end up going seven plays and 91 yards after you turned it over on downs at the 9 of San Francisco. Now, there was a controversial moment here, too, and I'm going to come right back at Brad Allen and his crew, where Purdy was pressured and threw an interception. Anthony Nelson... Dropped off in the in the zone blitz as a defensive lineman right in the middle of the zone, and Purdy threw it right to him. And it was going to be a big momentum play for the Buccaneers to be near midfield again, down 21-0. And that was a bad call by the officiating crew on Carlton Davis. 
uh, for shoving Ayuk, the receiver. He he didn't really shove him. Ayuk fell over. Uh, contact, by the way, is allowed within the five yards. That was within the five yards, it looked like. I, I thought that was bad. And I, I, I know there was a lot of reaction from the Buccaneer bench. Todd Bowles was furious about it because it's a takeaway for the Buccaneers. It's a huge play. And it's one of those that could have conferred, and Brad Allen could have looked at the two guys that were supposed to be responsible for looking at that, saying, did you both see the same thing? Is that definitely interference? Because this is an interception the other way. you got to be absolutely sure, especially when you let it go down on the goal line earlier in the quarter. But the end result is uh, the call of penalty on Davis stands. The interception is now wiped off the board. And that would lead to this, which uh, basically put the game uh, late second quarter away. Shotgun snap to Purdy, looking Purdy, pops the on, passes toward the end zone, wide open to the five, three, two, one, touchdown, Ayuk! Oh my goodness, it's 27 to nothing. Brock Purdy, call him Montana Purdy. Again, Purdy to Brandon Ayuk for 32 yards. He was money, he didn't throw it a lot, didn't have to throw it a lot, but this made the game 28 nothing at this stage. And big trouble, big, big trouble for the Buccaneers. I know at halftime, Todd Bowles not happy with referee Brad Allen and his crew. Came over and talked to them uh, loudly about the call on Carlton Davis, about the no call on Chris Godwin. But what can you do at 28 nothing at this stage? What you could do, though, is finally show a little light with a big kick return. Could you make something happen to start the second half? Let us not forget, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. Sorry, Falcon fans. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had a 28-3 lead as the offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 51. Against who? Against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And the greatest comeback of Brady's career, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, was a comeback from 28-3 down to get the game tied and win in overtime, a 25-point deficit. This was 28-0 at the half. But looky here, the Buccaneers go to a rookie kick returner in uh, Devin Tompkins, and look what happens as Mean Gene called it on the opening kickoff of the second half. Robbie Gold will put two to leather. And Derek Tompkins awaits at the goal line, will field at the one, will bring it up to the 10, outside the numbers to the 25, to the 30, Tompkins to the 35, 40, 45, he's out of bounds at the 50-yard line. Boy, if you want to jumpstart an offense, let a little guy five foot eight inches tall in his first live action game run one back to midfield. So Tompkins gets the big kickoff return beyond midfield, and you're thinking, can you get a quick touchdown? You're down four scores, but can you get a quick touchdown? But no, too much San Francisco defense and the pressure on Tom Brady. Although they did not get officially a sack in the game, they harassed him throughout the game, they hurried him. Again, he's 45 years old. He's not the most mobile quarterback, and he was inaccurate at times here, and he just didn't see the defender on this one. Shotgun look. Brady takes the snap. Pressure coming. Looks upfield. Looks upfield. Flush throws the ball upfield. It's intercepted. Picked off of the 25. Down to the 40. To the 45-yard line. Across midfield to the 40-yard line. And chased out of bounds is Tayshawn Gibson. Gibson with a pick at the 20 and returns it all the way to the Tampa Bay 35-yard line. San Francisco, 28-0, and an interception thrown by TB12 on our first series of the third quarter. Hurried it, and it's picked off there. But the 49ers' takeaways are one of the top teams in the NFL at takeaways and turnover margin, and they made the Buccaneers pay as this game went on for sure. And then how about Christian McCaffrey? 
great bloodline with his father having been a Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos. McCaffrey, a Stanford player, a Heisman Trophy runner-up, a tremendous player in college. And he has terrorized not only the Buccaneers, but the rest of the NFC South for years as a running back receiver. Well, now the Panthers traded him away to the 49ers. And we knew, we knew he was going to be locked in to play the Bucs. And McCaffrey now salts the game away here in uh, in the late third quarter. Here in the third quarter, just underway, Bucks got a great return. And then San Francisco picks off Brady. Second down, 10. Hand the ball off, McCaffrey running inside the 30 to the 25. He stiff arms to the 20, outside the numbers, 10, 5, 3, 2, 1, touchdown. San Francisco 49ers rolling, rolling down the river, and they lead 34 to nothing. That's a 35, actually a 38-yard touchdown run to make the game 35 to nothing. And at that point, you know, the weather's turning worse with the rain. Brady would end up throwing another interception. The Bucks just... Couldn't get much going. They did get this one highlight, and we are going to hear uh, after the Brady interception. You get the ball back one more time. We're going to hear from Russell Gage in a few moments as part of our postgame coverage. You finally got in the red zone, and you finally got this touchdown uh, here to avoid the shutout. Second down goal from the eight, moving left. Brady takes the snap, belt high, flushed out of the pocket, throws a dart, it is incomplete, almost picked off. Touchdown, Gage, it Russell caught. Gage. Gage did make the catch, my goodness. Right. It bounced off the intended receiver, and there was Russell Gage to snag it. Godwin was the intended guy, and the ball is bounced and almost picked off, and Gage took Real it away the from the defender. It's a great play by Gage off the deflection. Chris Godwin had his hands on it. It's kind of coming out of his hands with a defender there. And then suddenly Gage is flying, you know, leaping right at the ball, right at the goal line, makes the catch. They reviewed it again in New York. Did he get in the end zone after he made the catch diving towards the end zone? He did. They said the call stands. The Bucks kick the extra point. That avoids the shutout, but the end result is uh, the, the Buccaneers unable to sustain anything else. Rashad White had a fumble late in the game. Three turnovers for the Buccaneers all in the second half. Not good enough as the 49ers put this one away 35-7. to And uh, I, I will say again, I'll probably say it once more, that's a really good team. And if you go in there not uh, taking care of the football, if you go in there missing tackles, if you go in there three and out, three and out, three and out, which is all too familiar for this team, uh, Shanahan... D'Amico Ryans, that organization, John Lynch, they're going to be ready for you even with a rookie quarterback. I don't know how long it sustains for Brock Purdy. It's it's a great story for game one. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks do well against the Buccaneers over the course of the last 30 years that don't necessarily do well in any other game. Now, he's got a real good chance to succeed. And the, and the rationale of Sean King, 1999 Bucks as a rookie, taking over, won his first game on Monday Night Football against the Vikings, I believe. Sean will correct me if I'm wrong on that. But, you know, that Buccaneer team had a Hall of Fame defense. Obviously, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch himself, uh, Rondé Barber, I believe, will ultimately be in the Hall of Fame. And those guys tuned it up in the 99 season in addition to having a rookie quarterback. How far will the 49ers go with Brock Purdy? It remains to be seen. They've got a Thursday night game immediately with Seattle where he's on the road in the loud environment. And Seattle's coming off a stinging loss trying to chase the 49ers in the division. So they're going to be frothing in Seattle. How does Purdy play the rest of the year? We'll see. I know he was good enough on this day with what he was able to do throwing the football. 16 of 21, 185, two in the air, one more on the ground. A great day for him. A memorable storybook day 
for him. All right, when this was over, not much in the Buccaneer locker room Sunday night in San Francisco, Santa Clara, California to be exact. Uh, on our Hooters postgame show, Russell Gage had the touchdown catch. I spoke with him about the troubles uh, throughout the day, about his touchdown and where the Bucks go from here. Let's uh, let's just talk overall. I mean, do you just give the 49ers credit for what they were able to do today? Uh, I mean, that's a good football team for sure. But, you know, we didn't show up at all. I think um, on both sides of the ball, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I think we killed ourselves more than more than anything. Uh, and, and for sure, it's a good football team. But, man, we, we got to play a lot better than that. I mean, that's just not us. Tell me about the uh, touchdown that you caught. It was a deflected ball uh, there with Chris Godwin. Uh, kind of a bang-bang play. Just describe what happened for the lone touchdown of the day. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I just saw the ball. It was uh, I was really watching the whole play. The guy made a pretty good play. It was deflected off of him and Chris. Um, and I just saw that I was in the area, and I caught the ball before he hit the ground. Got in the end zone. Simple play, man. But, yeah, I was watching the whole thing, honestly. And then for this team, you've got to regroup, obviously, get back home and get ready for the Cincinnati Bengals. What one or two things must be better? What do you got to got? What do you got to focus on here this week? Honestly, everything at this right now. I mean, uh, you know, it's easier to point out the things that you know we didn't do, but I think there's everything. We just got to go back to the drawing board and regroup. You know, this wasn't us today. We didn't come out at all um, and play well at all in any phases. You know, but um, yeah, we got to go back to the drawing board and get this right. Where do the Buccaneers go for here, from here? we got to figure all of that out as the Cincinnati Bengals, who won over Cleveland on Sunday, come into town. Frustrating day. Again, um, not, much, not much went right, really, from about the second quarter on. It's been a recurring theme against good teams. When the Buccaneers have played the better teams on their schedule, like the Baltimore Ravens, like the Kansas City Chiefs, these are team Green Bay Packers early on in the year built a first half lead of 14 nothing. They're going to make you pay and put you behind by two scores, three scores, etc. Frustrating day, sure for Todd Bowles as well. His team just could not get back in the game. Had blown assignments uh, in the secondary, missed tackles on his defense. That frustrated him. I'll, I'll let him speak for it though. This was our conversation after the game with the head coach. I know we talked to you at halftime as San Francisco had built a 28 to nothing lead. They end up winning the game by 28-35-7. What did they do well? What did you not do well enough as this game unfolded, Coach? Defensively, we did not stand our gaps in the run game, uh, and we did not tackle well whatsoever. Offensively, we were not very good on third down. We didn't protect the quarterback, and we got too many penalties all the way around, shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, credit to them. It's hard to beat a team when you have to play against the Bucks and the Niners, and we did that today, and we lost. Brock Purdy, uh, a rookie, obviously, in this game, mobile quarterback. He was able to make some plays with his feet, but also with his arm. Just assess what you saw out of him and how big of a factor was he in building the league. You know, credit to him. He made the plays he had to make. We missed a bunch of tackles. We were unblocked on blitzes at times, and we fell off of them. Uh, the touchdown before the half was inexcusable, and they didn't have any timeouts, and that, that should never happen. There was a, a moment there in the second period where you get a takeaway. You get a turnover. Anthony Nelson got the strip on Debo Samuel. Levante David fell on it. You're trying to move into scoring range there at 21 nothing, knowing that you get the ball to start the second half. You're not able to get in the end zone. 
I know Tom uh, Brady was upset on the third down play that he thought Chris Godwin had been interfered with. But just tell me about that juncture in the game because that was an opportunity to get back in the game at that point if you could have gotten in the end zone. We had our chances, you know. We had our chances. It wasn't just an almost P.I. that wasn't. We had our chances to get in the end zone. We got to execute well. We got to block better for them, and we got to execute. We shot ourselves in the foot way too many times to win this ball game. I know that Vita Vega left the game in the first half with what we were told was a calf injury. Do you have any further update right now immediately after the game? Not at this time. Okay. And your team now uh, has to go back home and try to get back to level at 7-7 against a good Cincinnati team. What is the challenge now to refocus and try to get ready to play that team? We got four games left. We got to scratch and claw and do the things we need to do as a team and not sit there and play up and down football. So we definitely have to get back and get back on track and decide to close this game out the right way, all four of them. It ends 35-7 to as the 49ers ruin the homecoming of Tom Brady again. He had won with New England in 2016 in Santa Clara. That's also the last time the Buccaneers had been playing the 49ers out in the San Francisco Bay Area. They both won that year. So Brady's only second time to come play the 49ers ends with a one-touchdown, two-interception day. He was uh, frustrated in getting to hear these comments, uh, and rightfully so, and he was taking blame himself as well. I'm sure you guys got as many fun questions as I got answers. How's your hand feeling? It looked like you hit it pretty good on, on a helmet. On Sorry, it's fine. Tom, it's just no a problem. problem. You're trying to score points, and that's been the story all year, right? But you get one taken off the board again. I mean, could, could, does that change the game if you get momentum there and you're 7-7 instead of, you know, you take away the touchdown? Yeah, just, you know, I think all year we just, we never get off the fast starts. We're behind and turns into a, a pass-a-thon and, it's hard to play football like that. So, you know, it's it's a good football team. You know, they're good. They played well today. Uh, Brock played really well. Um, they made a bunch of plays um, offensively and defensively in special teams. And we didn't make many offensively. We didn't make many defensively. We didn't make many on special teams. So, you know, you win because you make plays. You keep them from making plays. They make plays and keep you from making plays. You know, you, you lose by... You know, 28 points. Specifically, what did you see out of Brock today from your point of view? And what advice, if any, would you have for a guy like that drafted so late, thrust into the starting role? He played really well. You know, he threw a lot of good balls, hung in there in the blitz, and uh, they did a good job. They did a really good job. Good job running it, good job throwing it. They played really well. To decide whether you're a good team or you can't be an up and down team. What has to happen for you guys to decide that in the next four games? I think everyone's just got to, you know, it's easy to say. You know, just got everyone's got to play better. But you know, we're just not playing. We just have not played consistently well very often. We haven't played it for four quarters. Maybe we played it a little bit uh, at times. Uh, not today at all. But some games where we play well for five minutes and don't play well for 55 minutes. You know, some games we played pretty well for a half. You know, we just have not played consistently well for for a game. I had a lot of people in the stands here to support you today. Yeah. Um, and I know you're, you're keen on not making this about you, but just um, does it make it sting a little bit more, the fact that, that this was a homecoming for you? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, I love having everyone here and nice for my family to, you know, come cl- close. And, you know, I think they, uh, a lot of people from the neighborhood came and, you know, I mean, no one's that's not going to change the outcome of the game, unfortunately. Um, 
you know, because you got a cheering section. It was sweet to have everyone come and support and support our team, and they come back to the East Coast in Tampa and support us. And uh, they came out here, which was great. I wish we could have done obviously a lot better job, but frustrating day for all of us. And got to go back and regroup, figure out how to get a win. Mike Evans had said that it, that it wasn't an issue about like reps and practice. He said we do tons and tons of reps and practice. But why do you think that connection still isn't happening there? Like you know, like those those pass to, to Chris and then to Mike in the end zone. Uh, yeah, I made I made a shitty throw to Mike. I mean, at the end of the day, it was a terrible throw. So you gotta make it. Good one too, to him on that, that touchdown that got called back. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Been a lot of that this year. Tom, with all things that's happened to you this year and not having the homecoming you envisioned today, do you have any regrets about coming back to play this season? I think I already answered that yeah, a few weeks ago. Next question. Do the penalties early like affect you mentally and kind of take I'm sorry, what was the first part of that? Uh, do the penalties early on affect you mentally to where it could kind of take the momentum out of the game? Well, I think penalties are a bit, yeah, it's penalties, turnovers, third down, red area. It all adds up. There's field position, it's kicking game, there's, you know, what you do on first down. There's so many different little stats and things, and probably not a lot of things we have a lot of advantages on, you know. Um, so we're just going to try to get back to work this week and, you know, play a good team at home and see if we do a lot better job. What does it feel in the locker room when you go down uh, 28 to 0 and unable not to get great. points on the board? How, how is that conversation great. between you and your teammates? Uh, not great. Yeah, it's tough. It's uh, But we put ourselves in that position. So, you know, you're not blaming people. You're just trying to figure out how to do a better job, what you need to do a better job of. It's like coming off that Monday spectacular win and then, and then today. Yeah, it's good. But, yeah, it's. I think, you know, nothing really last week doesn't affect today. Today won't affect next week. Next week will be its own individual uh, outcome and performance, and it will be based on what we do this week as we prepare for it, and then ultimately for the three hours that we play. So, you know, look, it's, that's with NFL. You play a really tough game. You play a tough team on the road. They're physical. They're tough. They kicked our ass. It's the reality of this sport, and every time you take the field, you have the opportunity to get your ass kicked or to kick ass. And you know, obviously we're on the wrong end of it today, but you got to put the work in, and you got to – you know, dig deep and keep fighting. What's it like going against this 49ers pass rush and the pressure they had on you today? They were good. They got a good rush. They got great players. They got a good rush. They got great linebackers. Got a good scheme. Um, I can see why they're the number one defense. We obviously, uh, you know, we didn't do a good enough job in any area of our offensive to uh, score enough points. And uh, I'll go out this week and try to do a lot better job than I did today. Tom Brady with the media after it was over. Again, the 49ers rough up the Bucks at 35-7, dropping our Tampa Bay Buccaneers to 6-7 and on the season. But for all that happened on Sunday, it is only one game. As much as you were had euphoria six nights earlier in the Monday night win over the Saints and the great comeback, that's only one game. This is only one game. Now it's a one-game season against Cincinnati, a team that comes in off a win over the Cleveland Browns at home, 23-10, and the Bengals, one of the top teams in the AFC, currently leading the AFC North, trying to, dare I even say this, repeat as the AFC champions. Remember, they beat the Chiefs a year ago in the AFC title game. They just beat the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago in Cincinnati. So Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and company come into Raymond James Stadium. That'll be the next matchup coming on Sunday. And the only thing the Buccaneers can focus on now is be better. 
Be better with the assignments. I keep saying that. Be better with fighting off blocks and stopping the run game. I, I know Vita Vea was hurt as we talked with Todd Bowles about just a few minutes ago, and you heard that interview. We don't know his status as we release the podcast with the calf injury. Without him in there, that hurts the run defense. But at this point, you got to man up. you got injured players all over the place. No Antoine Winfield, no Mike Edwards in that secondary. It is showing up. But the guys that are there, Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan, D. Delaney, you got to go make plays. There weren't enough of them being made Sunday. And again, offensively, Donovan Smith with too many penalties. He said after the game, we don't have it on the postgame show here, he said he takes responsibility and he's, and he's got to be better. They've got to be better at not making mistakes here, um, self-inflicting, and you had turnovers as well Sunday. That's been a rarity. Brady uh, throwing only his fourth and fifth interceptions of the season, but you were minus two in the turnovers. You finally got a takeaway. You need more than that against San Francisco. And again, Buccaneer fans, I know it was it was awful to watch that for most of the game on Sunday. But we try to be positive here on Nothing But Bucks. You have a chance to beat Cincinnati at home and be 7-7 seven and seven and on the verge of making the playoffs. With three games to go, you'll have seven wins. Eight wins likely wins the division. Nine wins will win this division. So your attitude has to be go get this game at home and then set up a huge showdown with the Cardinals. Sunday night football in the desert on Christmas night. The Cardinals playing the Patriots on Monday night, so we obviously don't know that result as we release the podcast. But right now, go control the Bengals and see what happens in the matchup on Sunday and see if you can't get your season back on track and and start sustaining drives, the three-and-out stuff, the short passes, the three-and-out stuff, the inability to run the ball. We've seen it too many times. Got to get that corrected this week. And by the way, Tom Brady owned up to it there to the media in the postgame press conference. There are throws that are there. I know the penalty took away the Evans bomb that would have been a touchdown, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but there's there's throws there to Julio Jones down the field. There's throws to Scotty Miller in the third quarter down the field that are just underthrown, balls that are not there. And that, and that has happened over and over again late in the year. He's a 45-year-old quarterback, and now we're maybe seeing signs that this is what happens when father time catches up, you're not as great. I mean, he is the GOAT, and he's been the GOAT at the end of games, but you've got to hit long throws and down-the-field throws when people are open And those are being missed. They were missed in Cleveland. They were missed against the Saints on Monday night. They were missed on Sunday. That's got to get corrected, too. All right, Buccaneers and Bengals will be next. We'll have that for you. It is a 425 kick time at Raymond James Stadium. So we are on the air again on Buccaneers Radio at 3. 98 Rock, the Buccaneers mobile app, all the Buccaneer affiliates, Sirius XM, Tune in wherever you hear Buccaneers Radio. Gene and Dave will call the game. I'll be there with the uh, the sideline uh, insight analysis, injury updates, post-game coverage. Lots to get to and to cover uh, for this game on Sunday. Keep the faith, Buccaneer fans. A win gets you back at 7-7. Seven and seven. You want to be in the playoffs, don't you? You want to go try to win a playoff game. January meaningful football, right? Go get a win over the Bungles. Uh, who come in for the first time since 2014. Andy Dalton was their quarterback, and they won that game over Lovey Smith's Buccaneers. Let's hope the Bucs turn it around on the 49ers coming on Sunday. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. Again, we're here with the official recap on the Buccaneers uh, mobile app and Buccaneers.com after each and every game, typically on Mondays. We look forward to being with you next week after the Bengals game. Let's talk about a win, shall we? after the game over the Cincinnati Bengals. We're on the air again at 3 on Buccaneers Radio, uh, just after 4.20 for the kickoff for the Buccaneers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and company coming in. Let's see if the Buccaneers can't get back to 7-7. Seven and seven. Keep the faith here. 49ers are a good team. They put it on the Bucs. You may see them later on in the postseason. Who knows? 
We'll find out. Let's see if the Bucs can get there first. It starts with this Sunday against Cincinnati. We're back to recap it after it's over on Nothing But Bucks.